Welcome to episode 175 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Alright guys, so welcome along to episode 175 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How are you going mate? We're just turning our phones off, aren't we? Phones <laughs> off. I'm very good. Good, good, to be, good to be back in the studio. I don't like the Skype ones. You don't like the Skype ones, do you? No. I thought I saw it was alright. Was was I haven't listened to it yet, but I'm sure it was good. Yeah, Joe Jo was impressed. Good. Yeah. She was the star of the show. She was. She's the star of my life, John. That's right. Because I'm in love good. with Joe. She's so hot right now. Anyway, I am talk is proudly brought to you by coffeesofhawaii.com. Oh, the coffee. 20% discount. Make sure you check it out on our website. Trybuys.com. Get on there for the deals of the century. There's a deal on there. I think it was, uh, we, I'll talk about that later. Well, someone was saying how great it is, and yeah. I, I agree. Uh, and athlinks.com. Check out there for all your social networking, for endurance athletes, tracking your results, and all your needs. Mm. So on this week's show, what have we got happening? We've got a bit of news. We've got an age group of the week. We've got a cool website of the week. And then we've got an interview. With John Ellis, who's a massage specialist, comes and helps us on Epic Camp, and just talking through a few of the pros, cons of massage, and uh, how to make it the most memorable experience of your life. Yes, he uh, does work hard on Epic Camp, eh? He does. Oh, I feel sorry for those guys. And then lastly, we've got some questions and answers at the end. News is brought to you by X-Try. Go there for the latest news, reviews, and interviews with the pros. And uh, it's always a good website to check that stuff out. Sure. So what happened last weekend? John, we had a few results. Ember Man was actually a few weeks ago, but um, they were pretty slow to update their results. It's that one there, yep. And uh, But we now have the results through. Ember Man, very, very difficult race in France. Very hard bike course going over multiple... Uh, mountain passes and a tough run as well. Uh, Marcel Zamora Perez from Spain took it out in 9 hours 39 minutes and 45 seconds. Yeah, okay, so John, do you want me to read yep, that? Yep, no, that's alright. T- one by 10 minutes from Harve Fouave from France. No, I know him. He's, do you? Well, no, we've heard of him before. Yeah, yeah. No, Marcel um, Zamora, he's, he's won plenty of Ironman races. He's, he's well known. And James Kanamar. Uh, Yep. from the Republic of South Africa was third place. Team BB. Team BB. And on the girls' side of things? The, pink, uh, the red ones, if you scroll oh, up. Oh, okay, whoops. Bala, uh, I believe, may have set a new course record. I'm not 100% sure on that, um, but she just smoked it. She's having another great season. Finished 15th place overall. She's got a few good girls as well, didn't it? Because then you've got Erica Combo. Yeah, Erica Chamo, both Team BBB. And then third was Ale- Alexander Loisson in... 11.36 and she's also been an Ironman winner as well so very strong field, uh, women's field there and that's a great if you're looking for a challenging race it's one of those ones but like Norseman great experience and it's been around for a long long time it's got pretty good prize money it must have to it, it draw might, that kind yeah, of athlete yeah. Yeah. yeah okay so we also had Ironman Canada big race coming on and Jordan Rapp the Rapster. I know. I remember rapping with him a few years oh, ago. Yeah, the Rapster. And he's come back and he's won. I know. It, it's. Uh, I was really struggling on the day. I don't know if it was just me, but um, the athlete update page was just was not working. I was trying to go on there every now and then to sort of see what was going on. It just wasn't working. I didn't go to the, the live video coverage, but um, yeah, it may have just been my computer. But the Rapster, 51 minutes swim, 4.34 on the bike. It's very solid. And 2.55 run, nice balanced day for an 8.25. So what happened to Luke Bell? Because I was reading the race report and I was saying that Luke Bell was catching him in the run and he, he at the first part of the run and obviously he faded, but did he finish? He, he wasn't, well, he's not, not there in the top 
big handful. So <laughs> top thirty. Yeah, no, nah, he's gone ski. So yeah, interesting. I don't know what was going on there. You also had a DNF from uh, Justin Deere and um, Blake Becker, who's, who's won the race. So it was actually a pretty good time for Canada. Eight twenty-five. Um, very very solid. I think. Karen well, Doe, dominated 15 minutes. Oh, yeah. Karen Doe, I think, may have gone around 8.30. So 8.25 on that course is very, very solid, and he just had a nice balanced day, and, and it looks like he's sort of maybe taking that step up from being a second-tier pro to sort of being at the sort of the higher echelon. That's well, a I think really I, strong I was in the report they were saying it's only his third Ironman or fourth really? Ironman. Oh, we've seen his name. We've seen the Yeah, so name he must have done a few halves over the years because yeah. he hasn't done, yeah, uh, maybe five at max. Yeah. Yeah. Mike... Agrols, I think they've probably got that wrong. I think he's from Switzerland, 8.40, so 15 minutes back. And then Courtney Ogden, again, just a steady day. Um, nothing spectacular, just nice balance, 8.44 in third place. Both our leader came in at 19. Yes. Got 13th overall. So. 13th overall. And uh, Thomas Hellregal, 9.26. And there's Luke Bell there in 19th place. Oh, there you go. 3.53 so. on the run. So he faded big he, time on the run. He was only, yeah, he was like three minutes down coming off the bike. Yeah, and he so. was catching for a period, but obviously he just blew. <laughs> And the girls? And oh, whoops, I got rid of the girls. We'll talk about Louis Bull for a second. Okay, we'll go back to the girls in a moment um, because it was a very interesting result. Oh, okay, yep. Uh, at Kentucky, Ironman Kentucky, um, we had a reasonably strong field there as well. We had Victor Zemensev take the race out. Is, is Chris in Hawaii, is he? I don't know. Chris McDonald. Yeah, well, he hasn't raced for a little bit, has he? But he won this last year, didn't he? He did. He won, well, he won this and he won uh, Wisconsin, when he went on Wisconsin. So I guess he's either doing Wisconsin, which is uh, it must be in a couple of weeks' time, yeah. um, or he's doing Kona. So Victor Smensev, he's won um, Lake Placid before. Um, good, strong athlete. 52-minute swim, 4.43 on the bike. Very strong, 2.43. That's an impressive run. Um, but what happened was he caught Luke McKenzie at the 22-mile oh, mark. Really? There's, yeah, there's only like 30 seconds there. Yeah, yeah McKenzie was in the lead and he caught him for like a mile to go. Oh, no. I know. Well, not even that, 22 miles. How far? I mean, like 24. Oh, it's like a couple miles to go. 26. Oh, 20, was a few miles to go, but he caught him, yeah, and he, and he blew him away at the end. Well, hardly. Only 30 seconds. That's still pretty close. Yeah, I reckon. Reynard Tissant, good to see him back in the, the ball game at age 36 in third place, 839. Big gap back to there. Maximum Long, Max Longry, who was last year's winner, only managed fifth place. Well, any other names of note? No. No. And on the girls' side of things, it was really interesting because old Nina Kraft. Nina Kraft making the comeback. Yeah. So she's had a few half Ironman results. That have How been long ago was it when she got banned? It must be four years ago. I would say I'd be about that. Yeah. Yeah. Be around about four years ago. So good performance. She, she was having a bit of a battle on the run with uh, Elizabeth Christensen. Was um, it the year you did Hawaii? She got banned. I think it probably was. It was two thousand and five. Yeah, because I was over yeah. four. Yeah. No, maybe it was a year after that. I'm sure uh, Natasha Badman won the year I was there. Oh, she did too, because she passed you on the run, didn't she? Yeah, the start yeah, of the run. Yeah, right. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me of that. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Never broke your heart. Nina Kraft had a good battle there with Elizabeth Christensen, um, only three minutes in it, so 9.20, good solid race. Elizabeth, Elizabeth Christensen there in, in 9.23. Yeah, she got her at the 18th mile mark. Kim Lofter in third place. Nice. Interesting to see Fernanda Keller back uh, still racing. At age 46, managing fifth place. Oh, that's pretty awesome, isn't it? Yeah. That is impressive. And on the girls' side of things in Canada, John, let's go back to Canada. Now, this was interesting because Teresa Marcel, she won... Dominated the dojo. But, but she won Lake Placid, like, only however many weeks ago. That was maybe five weeks ago. Well, she got off the bike in front of Granger. Now, Granger's a strong rider, 15 minutes ahead. Oh, yeah. I mean, 
she rode 458 and on that course that's impressive I remember last year Belinda Granger must have ridden a split similar to that and people were saying that was one of the greatest women's bike splits ever Yeah. Um, and she just said she killed it and so she'd come out 50 minute, 51 minute swim 458 on the bike and then a good 317 for 911 that's a bloody fast time I looked last year Belinda Granger did 917 so 6 minutes in front of the similar time last year so Belinda Granger I mean, granted, she didn't have a great race here at 9.40. That's, um, like oh, and I, I wonder if Belinda's doing the Kona and she's thinking to herself, well, I'm not going to win it, just hold back and... Possibly. Yeah. Yeah. But still, um, I was picking Belinda to just dominate. But this Teresa Marcel, I think, you know, she's showing these these sort of times she could be a real threat. You've got to think that she's probably not going to be a real threat in Kona if she's had two Ironman sort of back-to-back that close. Who knows? But I think on, with those sort of times, she could be uh, an absolute machine. Yeah. Well, she is already an absolute machine, but she could uh, could step up at Kona if she can handle the heat. Yep. And then Janelle Morrison got in third. No, she didn't. She got, yes, she did. Yes, she did. But Tara yes, Norton got in fifth, and we got an email through from someone just saying she's, she hasn't really got over the injury from Epic Camp. She, she ripped her hamstring off in Epic Camp. Yeah. And hasn't, it was a pretty serious injury, so she's still struggling. What did she do? I can't remember what happened. It was, I think it was on, on the run. that long run that we did up the Heafy track. Oh, it was too. Yeah. Yeah, it was too. Oh, there's a bugger. So to pull a fifth with that injury is still pretty, pretty good and sub-10 now, so we're pretty happy with you, Tara. Okay, so what else is happening in results? We've got a couple of races. The Almira Man was on the weekend. Those results, it's a long-standing uh, triathlon in Holland. I think it's that one there, probably. Yep. And good, solid results. Another German man taking out another iron distance race uh, in a different part of the world with a finish time of... His name is George... Crikey. <laughs> it's not crikey. Okay. Potsbridge. Pot, Potsbridge in first, and Michael Kruger in second, and Dirk Wajanda in third. And uh, no, scroll up because you look for Dar- Darman. Darman. Heron. Heron. Darman. Darman. Irene Kingen. Kingen in first place, and then Sarah Sigmola in second. And Carla Van Ruin in third. And what was the finish time for the winner? Just scroll across because it was pretty solid. 8.31 first, 8.34 second, and 8.39 third. Nice. Very that's, good. That's very good. And any other races of note? Yes. Just, the European. Just, oh, this was from a few weeks ago. Apparently we missed this out. Um, we missed out the U- ETU long distance champs. Rasmus Henning dominating the dojo. Yep. Got so, in at 5.32, not bad. So, so what's be, the distances again? I would imagine that was either... It must be a 3K... No. It's probably double Olympic. I don't know. Well, a 50-minute swim. It must yeah. be 4K. Well, you've yeah, some slow on that for four. Uh, yeah, who knows? We didn't actually check the distances. So first place, Rasmus Henning. Second, Dirk Bockle. Third, Masimo Kinaga. And... I'm trying to find the girls. Here we go. First on the girls, Virginia Brissetegi. Second, Edith Niederfringer. And third, Charlotte Colters. Beautiful. Okay, anything else we've got up here? Jeez, results. The big Woody, the results. big Woody, the big Woody. No, it's not here. We're not doing it. Well, it is. It is. <laughs> the big Woody. It is here. I've done my piece. Uh, we also had the International Triathlon Austria. I think results Austria. get a bit boring after a while. Well, no, we've got to give people a love because we get told off and we don't. We had the International Austria try. They didn't have their results up. The big Woody. We'll give them a quick mention. Is this the big Woody? This is the big Woody. Sam Williamson, first place, ten sixteen. First, they didn't have, didn't classify the females, so we're gonna uh, we're just. I think there was, she was actually fifth place. Sarah Lovelock, Sarah there we Lovelock go. Sarah in fifth place. That's outstanding. That is outstanding. She beat you. Sharpen up. Yeah. <laughs> and then we had the Ironman, which was two weeks in a row. You've had an Ironman distance race in Ireland. Click on that one there, Bevan. Ironman. 
You um, are an Iron Man. You are an Iron Man. Another result, John. Another result. <laughs> and it's coming. Well, there you go. Click on that one there. Results. Iron Man two two six challenge. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. It's not the half Iron Man. It's not the half Iron Man. It's, it's the full, full Iron Man. Iron Man. Didn't, okay. have a, didn't have a massive field. This you, is a great you, podcast. You're going to click on it. Oh, that's a no. No. Oh no, it's over here. It's a PDF. Oh. Here we go. Keep going. Keep talking, so John. Had, this is bad podcasting. They had, they had the Ironman, which is a full distance. They had a half Ironman. Good turnout of that. Very small turnout in the um, half Ironman, uh, in the full Ironman. <laughs> but it's, uh, if you learn in Ireland, there we go. Choice. Fergus McGurr. Fergus McGurr and Fergus It's Pace. a great name. And 1024 <laughs> winning by 33 minutes. Oh, I wish my name was McGurr. And the girls. Yeah, First know. was Christine McCann and in 1325. McGurr, Fergus McGurr. Nice. Yeah, Sounds like yeah. a pirate. Yeah. And coming up this weekend. Here we go. The Canadian 226. The Astro Man in Sado Island, Japan. I've done that one. Plymouth Rock Tri Fest. And the Cologne 226. Other news. We've got a few emails actually. Oh, there's oh. one other one up here. And oh, we, somebody also sent us in an email. <laughs> the Ventura Man. There's a half-distance Ironman race, which is huge. Try talk meet-up meet up this weekend and plenty of, plenty of smackdown. But it's smackdown happening down in wherever that is. Okay, so we did get an email through from Patrick the Hurt Healy. Yep. I'll put this one in because oh, it came yep, through good. this morning. Just got an email in English at the bottom about the second official Ironman racing starting in Germany next year. Interesting. It looks it's official and applications start tomorrow. So it's game yeah. on, or well, actually today for us, with 50 Ironman Hawaii slots. Where are they coming from? Where are they coming from, John? I don't know. You know what they're going to do? What? They're going to have a staggered start in Hawaii. Uh, do you know that for a fact? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I had you for a second. Nah. It is to be run by uh, Kurt Dink. Is that Dink? Dink. Yeah, from, and he actually did um, Frankfurt, but they've taken it off him. So, so they own Frankfurt now, but he runs it still, don't they? I don't know. I thought from what I was reading, and I could be wrong here, it sounds like they're setting up an Ironman European division. And he's probably going to be in charge of that. So, oh, so he'll be like a shareholder or something. Yeah. And uh, has to be Weisbaden. Weisbaden, 7.3 as well. Um, so it's, it takes place on the 1st of August, just four weeks after Frankfurt and two weeks after Rote. Mm-hmm. So they're going to have three big races because they'll sell yeah. out. Mm. Mm, totally. But I wonder what they'll do with the pro field. Will they still make the first one the big one yeah, for the pros? Or? You would think so. You would think so, but who knows? Well, is August the 1st too close to Kona for the top pros? No, not really. Oh, you, you want to go earlier rather than later. So I, I still think Frankfurt will be the biggie. You mind somewhere else at the moment, isn't it, John? Yes, uh, <laughs> massive interviews got me all <laughs> excited. excited. Okay, then. Any other news? No, I think we've done news to death today. Well, we've done results. There was no news. Well, there's no news out there in the triathlon world. A Kiwi girl got busted for EPO. Oh, tell me about that. So what happened? It was a, it was a marathon runner, and she claims... That. Oh, I thought she was pretty honest. I was reading a report and she pretty much said she did it. Yeah, no, she said she did it, but she said that she she took uh, EPO three times and she bought it as, as some other brand of thing that she didn't actually realise was EPO and she just got it over the counter. Uh, I don't know. Can you buy EPO over the counter? Well, she's claiming you can. I don't know. I've, I've never tried to buy it, so I don't know. <laughs> I think in some countries it's pretty easy to get hold of, but it's... Uh, did it make it that much faster? I don't know she's she's pretty fast and she she's got a bad history in New Zealand. Oh really? She, she doesn't get selected for the Olympics and then she takes them to court so she gets selected. Oh. So yeah, but she's she's fast. I mean she's two two hours thirty. But in New Zealand, I've got a sort of policy now that if you're not going to be in the top half of the field, what's the point? What's the point in sending you to the Olympics? And uh, yeah. and she's managed to argue for both Athens and Beijing to get in the team. You can 
can you see both sides of the story. And did she get to go? Yep. And she didn't do very well either. <laughs> she finished in the middle of the field. So anyway, I know this isn't news, but I was in Australia last weekend. I went to the Melbourne, uh, the MCG. Watched mm-hmm. a bit of footy, which is I watched a bit of uh, what is it? AFL. Aussie Rules. Aussie Rules. It's bloody brilliant, to be honest. But we also have they've got their sports museum there. Yeah. It's awesome. If you ever in Melbourne, check it out. It's about twenty bucks. Really good. You know, interesting. And they got the Olympics. At the Olympics in like the fifties, on the bike around the track courses, mm-hmm. they had tandems. Nice tandem racing. Nice. Would you want to be at the front of one of those? Oh, it'd be pretty full on going around a track. You get some serious. And speed two up. teams, and they, they weren't doing half a lap each. They raced at the same time. Oh, okay. So nice. must have been some crashes, eh? Nice. I was loving that. Anyway, discussion of the week. So last week or a couple of weeks ago, we had if you had a chance to be a second tier pro athlete, what would you do to ensure you made a proper living? Financially, that is. Righty hi, Kev Brock. I would use local companies that I know. I would sell advertising space on my website, clothing, and run coaching days and training camps. But if you have to get a real job, I would join the fire service. Plenty of opportunity to train whilst training, uh, whilst on duty. That's very good, old Jay. Andrew Brundshren. I would try to get sponsorship or win the lottery. <laughs> nice. But I would probably end up getting a part-time job to get a bit more money in, So you can't, because you can't make as much money unless you race every weekend and win. You could also spend some money on a top coach, and that might mean you get faster, so you can make more money. That's right. That's how it works. That's how, that's how you roll. <laughs> Stephen Fong, I would follow the example of Jessie Stensland. Don't know her, but um, apparently she has become a master of self-promotion in a very positive, motivating way. She seems to have both big and small sponsors, and she represents all of them well by making herself extremely accessible. She appears at expos and events and uses social media such as Twitter and blogs to get a word out. Very well done. Okay. Paraphrase um, that one, are you? Well, no, someone else sent me one through and I said I was going to read it, but they couldn't get it on Athletics because it was so big, and then right. I've lost it. So, sorry about that person. Um, I think it was this one here, wasn't it? Oh, maybe he did end up doing it, yes. Three, <laughs> He's got three, three posts. <laughs> okay, okay, James uh, Botel. Uh, let's have a look. Let's just choose a couple of his. A website, approach a local IT consulting company. You offer the opportunity for a web development to do something creative, challenging, that shows that the firm can produce. They can market themselves to the clients. It costs them nothing, but can be very valuable to you. Need apparel, offer sponsorship local placement, and they can provide it for your training gear. Offer do local races for local businesses to help promote them in return for their sponsorship. Need a bike, offer a spotless to support local rides training seminars at your local bike shop to start with Topping he's got lots and lots of ideas here honestly check us out to sum it up he's got to sum it up one which I did Uh, tell a story develop yourself into a product with a great story be marketable and compelling yep be personal each time you meet with a sponsor yeah I think that's the key thing is you've got to get out there and you've got to people got to like you that's the key thing and you've got to be you've got to get your get your name out there Get on podcasts, get on, get your name and face out there, be a nice person, go to races, do presentations and things like that, and uh, and that's why that's why wait, 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 you're not going to read any more, you've read three? Well, no, I've, I kind of... <laughs> you're not like the second one. Well, no, no, I got the third one here, but you started doing... No, but James did you read that one? I did that one. Oh, okay, I need to another one. I'll just quickly go, Richard Marlowe, I'd start a podcast and use it as a means of getting gear. Companies give you free gear to mention on the podcast. You can live off fish and chips from one of your listeners. That's right. <laughs> Simple. Richard Lowrider Marlowe. But if there are any uh, aspiring pros out there, it'd be a good read to James has put James Botel. He's put some thought into it, isn't he? Put uh, three posts up here. What do you think? Good points. What do you think? Well, I think James probably sums up most of the things yeah, that I've got on here. What do you think? What do I think? <laughs> when you've got to build a, build a local brand, and a few people have meant that, um, because then you can actually probably get some cash sponsorship locally. Um, yep. Internationally, that's going to be hard while you're um, 
while you're sort of building your way up. So write in the local tri club newsletter. Um, I'd do this is the things I'd do. Um, I'd do one training camp per year, so an Ironman training camp. Um, if you're not doing local races, get involved there, whether it be commentating if you're a confident person or doing um, presenting the prizes just to, to get your get your face out there. Uh, and also a really good thing that I think a lot of athletes can do well is to actually attend some local training sessions. So if you've got any big group sessions that yeah. go on, attending there, even if it's not, you don't need to make it a key session of the week, but just by turning up there and, and, and seeing a good Greg example. Henderson turned up to a bike ride in Christchurch once. Oh yeah. yeah, and I didn't know who he was, so yeah. I thought I'd take him on the hills. Right. He just blew me away. He won a stage <laughs> in the uh, Vuelta this morning. The, oh really? The Tour of Spain. That's that, the second or third biggest tour wow, in the world. Wow, so did he really? Big time. Well, I've ridden with him. Yeah, you have. I let him out for about 10 seconds, and then he, he, I didn't see him anymore. So I think that's the key thing. Build yourself a local brand, and you've also got to look at trying to build yourself an international brand. The way I'd do that is I'd have a blog, my blog or website, whatever, um, and I would put all my training up there. I'd basically keep a diary, and I'd put everything up there every day. Disadvantages, then you obviously your competitors can see what you're doing, but I think the advantages that far outweighs the disadvantages because you get so many athletes and, and age group athletes looking at what you're doing. So I think that'd be key. And you'd, uh, and then also with the sponsors, you, you've got to really look after them. That's been brought up. Get yourself set up as a company, so you're actually running it. You're running yourself as a business, so everything's tax, tax deductible. And then, uh, if I again, if I was doing this, I'd probably keep coaching sort of ten to fifteen hours a week um, to get a little bit of income coming in, so I don't have to live like a like a dog. Uh, yeah, I really think there is ways you can make money from it. I think well, I want to look at your list because it kind of helps me a little bit. I think if you are going to do something like a blog, it's not just about what you do; it's about how you can help the reader. Oh yeah. And so you know, like if you look at Gordo, the reason Gordo got so popular was that he just gave free content on how you can become a better athlete. Mm. And you know, his blog for a long time was really the key. You know, it's still a really popular blog, but when he was just doing Gordo World, it was mm. such a great website because he had so much content for the reader and if you're going to do something like that you know you share your experience of what you're doing because that's kind of inspirational but you also deliver a lot of content that's really going to help people progress as their training mm. and that that way your blog becomes the place they go back to and then in doing that you, you do things by having donation keys or you mm. know you maybe try to sell some merch or something like that or get some marketing on your website merch yeah. <laughs> yeah, just, you know, just, you're just too up I'm so marketing and I'll tell you <laughs> so, and, and I think that's really important as well and also if, nowadays with social networking if you can have a way that, that they can communicate with you or have discussions, you know, like go to had a forum or nowadays with Twitter and things like that, that are basically keeping people actively interested in what you're doing. Mm. And if you can become a source for people for that, then that gives you an audience, and an audience then gives you something that you can market to, a, to an advertiser or something like yeah. that. Uh, when it comes to getting sponsors, the, the, one of the hard things for an athlete is that we don't necessarily want gear. You mm. know, like if, once you've got a bike, you've got a bike. You don't mm. need, you know, sure you may want a new bike every year, but it, it's kind of more about getting money. And one thing I found is, is to really learn how to sell inspiration through the thing you're doing and so for example for me when I was trying to get money as an athlete it was more about going to guys who who were business people who worked really hard and have you know basically they were really wealthy and to drop a few thousand dollars my way was nothing for them but I did it in a way that was it was really inspirational I'd write the story and I'd show them you know to achieve this goal it takes this much training and, and all that stuff and they'd read it and I'd just go wow and, and I'd in, often give my kind of my I don't know my kind of PR sheet that I'd give to these guys and they'd instantly ring me back and say oh here's a couple grand and 
you know, it's stuff like that is thinking outside the square and then what you do is you create that relationship with them so that you're always communicating with them, letting them know what you're doing so they feel part of the experience. And I know some of the guys who sponsored me would say, you know, they're living vicariously through me and, you know, and, well, you know, but, you know, yeah. for them, they're choosing to do a business lifestyle and to have, you know, to support someone who's kind of living a different lifestyle is a really good way of doing it. So for me, those were some of the things I did really well. Mm. Mm. If you ever want to get a sponsor, you got to go, you got to look at it from their point of view. Why would they sponsor you? And that's where you got to build up reasons for them to do that. And I know the Nike rep. I know the Nike rep from Christchurch, and she was saying they used to sponsor Steve Gurney, mm. who is, um, and you're actually really good at this as well. Who's uh, was one of the, well, we've talked about him on the show before, mm. and. Um, she was just saying he was really great he was always in contact with what he was doing for the sponsor always you know what can I do to help and, mm. and that's what they want they just don't want someone who's going to take 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 yeah. you know and so yeah. there you go You've solved all the second tier pros problems now yeah so just think of other ways yeah okay nice. John this week's discussion I think is a bit weak well, I think we need to find some new discussions we need okay. to do a discussion discussion ones again this, this is really <laughs> Okay. You come up with my men. Okay, well, next the big week. ideas. Next, next week's week, I'm going to have the discussion. This week is, what's the best non-swim bike thing? Oh, shut up, shut up. <laughs> right. What is the best non-training thing, so non-swim bike run thing, you've done to improve your race performance? So whether that's going to a psychologist, going to a hypnotherapist, going to a, a nutritionist. Um, so give us your things that are not particularly training related. I think that's awesome. John, I, I, I would go as far as say it's probably the best ever. And if you can't come up with anything on that, just put up another cookbook. <laughs> I love your work. Right. You, you should go see you in Glorious Bastards. Do you like Quentin Tarantino? No. Oh, don't you? No. Did you not like Pulp Fiction? No. I was okay, but I wouldn't, oh, wouldn't rave. Fun. There's this guy called Christoph Waltz. He's amazing. Anyway, here we go. It's going to be a long show today. It is. Age group of the week. Couldn't know what it was for a second. Did no, we? we okay, then. So good old Tom Clement sent through this week's age group, and he was giving us a bit of a hard time, wasn't he, John? Yeah, because we didn't do our piece particularly well. We didn't do our piece particularly well recently. The Forest Man was on, and um, it was a great show, apparently. Um, but he was out there running, and apparently we read out last year's results. So we, we should we should take some of the blame, but they should also have their website updated on time for yeah, us. Yeah, we'll only take 50% of the blame. So he's, he's sending through this week's age group, and he was saying his heart rate shot up when he basically when we stuffed up because he was supporting one of his mates on the day, and his mate was Austin Mills. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he races for the V-O-T-W-O, um, team and, and he won the race in 10 hours and 28 minutes and 13 seconds his swim was 1 hour 2 minutes and 6 seconds including transition the bike he rode in at 5 hours 43 and he ran a solid 3.39 marathon including transition he won by over 17 minutes and broke the course record by 30 minutes that's very solid that is pretty solid isn't it yeah. uh, Austin is a top bloke he is the most down to earth and reliable bloke you will ever meet there is no arrogance or snobbery to what he does and Harry handles himself I've trained with him over the past 3 years and he's always been the first to go out and get training and the last to leave he has time for everyone has often seen out supporting and helping out different events in the area finally he has been made redundant recently and has not moaned or complained or felt sorry for himself he has really been a great bloke here in Dorset Triathlon community and he's got you've got the winning photo have you uh, yeah. well, uh, yes 
No. No. <laughs> it was either the story or the photo. Should I lose some of the story and put the photo in? Yeah, people like photos. Okay, I'll put a photo in there. Yeah. Just put the photo in. Austin. Yeah. Don't, don't get rid of the whole story. Put the photo in. No, no, I'll have a bit of the story, a bit of photo. Okay. Okay, Austin, you're going to be on the website this week. Oh, so Austin, 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 Austin Mills. 30 yeah. PB. That's very solid. Oh, of course, record. Court, yeah, very solid. 30 minutes, I should say, not hour. <laughs> you are our age group of the week. Here's some more music, John. Great. Website of the week. Again, good old Jay. You don't have his last name here. Jay Waters. Jay Waters? Mm-hmm. Legendary, isn't he? Very solid. Legendary. So a while ago, I went on YouTube and chucked the greatest ever Iron Man on the internet. What year was 90, that? 91. 91? Was it? No, was it? it wasn't. 89. 89. 89. It was the Iron War. I chucked it mm-hmm. on YouTube and, and I think I've had like 60, 70,000 views. Nice. But only made a cent for every view. Mm. But anyway. And good old Jay Waters, and then I went to put New Zealand's greatest, the greatest ever finish. Yeah. And you, I did that as well. you'd be getting a tap on the door if you were charging people a cent from the NBC or whoever produces it. Yeah, I would be, but hey, I'm not. Yeah. But good old Jay Waters, maybe he was inspired by me, maybe he wasn't. But what I'm loving about Jay Waters is he's taken it to the next level, hasn't he, John? He's put 1991 through to 1999 and 2006, 7, 8 of Hawaii on YouTube. And 19, no, 2009 New Zealand. And he's, I think by now he would have put the 25th anniversary one, which was on... This year? No, it was a couple of years ago. That was a few years oh, ago, was it? wasn't it? Yeah. Okay. Because they're getting close to 30 now. They're 30 this year. Yeah, so it was five years ago. Yeah. God, your maths is good. <laughs> I know, I'm sharp. So you, you can go to youtube.com slash whereisjay, and if you just then click on the playlists, they're all, they're all on there. I had a quick look yesterday. So um, does he have the whole thing? Yeah, but most... It breaks it up. Yeah, they've got to be broken up into like eight-minute blocks or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, you've got to watch... Um, if you go click on his playlists... So, like, for example, 2009... Yeah, nine videos. So, Ironman 2006, World Championships, nine videos. Yeah. So, you can work your way through it. Great resource, YouTube. Oh, it really is. Like, this is great. And, you know, like, hopefully it doesn't get taken down. We probably have an album telling the world about it because they can go to them and get take it down. But some of the older stuff, because I think what happened was is that WTC were with ABC in America and then they changed to NBC. Yeah, and so some of the older ones, they don't necessarily, that's why you can't buy some of the real right. old ones. Yeah. Well, that's what someone told me. So um, so I imagine they probably won't get take down the old ones. Maybe the newer ones they probably will. But Nice. Well, we're here, guys. Make the most of it, eh? Because this is really great. YouTube.com slash whereisj. Then click on playlists and they're all up there. Yeah. Download them while you can. Love his work. Okay, then. Uh, we'll chuck out an interview now. So we hear John Ellison. He's the guy from Epic Camp. Here's an interview right now. Righty-ho. We've had a few requests for some uh, discussion on massage. So on how to rub the body, John. How to rub it. So it feels good. <laughs> feels good. Um, so we've got our massage expert in today with John Ellis, who helps us out on uh, multiple epic camps for anybody in Christchurch or the Canary region. You go to musclesinc.co.nz, and John's got uh, his appointment schedule up there, and you can book in, uh, and you can also watch him down at Challenge Wanaka this year. So welcome along, John. Did I yeah. even interview an epic camp? No. I tried, I, think... to, I tried to do one in... Uh, Italy, but the computer broke or something. Ah, uh, okay, there we go. Anyway, so, right. welcome along, John. Um, I mean, in terms of uh, massage, um, most people sort of realise that it's 
it's a good thing to do, but probably maybe don't actually realise what's going on when you get a massage. So yeah, in terms of what's actually going on and what you're trying to achieve with the massage, what is sort of going on below the skin and what, what is it that you're trying to achieve? Okay, so there's, um, first of all, hi to all listeners. Um, <laughs> John is listening too. <laughs> yeah. um, there's a couple of key things that are going on. Um, so we'll look at it from a recovery point of view from training, okay. uh, which is probably most appropriate for all of your listeners. Yep. Um, one of the key things is, is once the massage therapist starts getting in there, warming up the tissues and warming up your, your muscles, probably 90% of the time it's legs with triathletes. Yep. Um, first, one of the key things that hap- is happening is that as, as the tissues are being warmed up, we're increasing um, the blood flow to the area. Okay. And by doing that, what's happening is that um, we're bringing a lot more blood flow to the area, which is bringing nutrients, oxygen, um, which is helping with the healing process. Okay. Um, the other thing that's also happening is essentially we're shunting all the toxins and lactic acid out of the system, sort of through the lymphatic system and also through the venous system. Okay. So, so, so the energy you're bringing to that part of the body is getting rid of the bad stuff and bringing the good stuff back in. Yeah, and speeding up that process. So, yeah, basically we're speeding up the process, um, and that's um, relative to a lot of the work that we do. Okay. Um, and you know, a massage is is a, is a tool in your recovery. It's not the be all and end all. Okay. Oh, come so, on, it is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Well, you know, there's there's a, there's other options. Stretching is you know, so it shouldn't be, you know, yeah. the one and only thing that you do. Um, nice to see you got a guess, a guess a glass of water, Bevan. Oh, I, I drank your water. I, I thought that was for me. I did. I just drank it, sorry. Oh, um, I'll, I'll, I'll have that one, John. Do you want to see my glass, John? No, no, thank you. You've been in Australia. Who knows what the hell you caught over there. Anyway, sorry, John. So, no, that's right. So so that's on one level what's happening. So the other other thing is is that what's happening is when we're manipulating the muscle tissue is we're breaking down adhesion. So, for example, the... When you're running, you get a lot of shock trauma through your legs. Yeah. Um, ITB vastus lateralis is a good example where you get a lot of um, adhesions where basically the muscles get stuck together, and okay. specifically to the ITB. Um, so one of the things that we're doing is when we're manipulating the muscles is we're breaking down those adhesions. Okay. And again, by doing so like that... the muscles are stuck together, you're, you're really pulling them apart. Yeah, we're kind of basically prying them apart, which is allowing that blood flow and nutrients to get back into the muscle. Okay. Okay. So that's one of the um, one of the benefits of that. You know, again, comes back to that blood flow thing yeah. um, and the recovery process. Um, again, it's separating the um, the for want of a better term, gunked up fibres, okay. um, and reducing that congestion so that the muscles can work in the way that they're designed. Okay. You know, because if it's stuck to the muscle beside it or the tissues around it, whether it's they're tendon or what, as well. they're not going to function as well. So yeah. that's one of the things that we're trying to achieve. Um, the other thing is, you know, if you've had a hard training session and your muscles are tight. Because the muscle's tight and essentially constricted, again, that's restricting the blood flow to the area. Okay. So by, again, prying that open, you know, a little bit of discomfort involved in that, to be yeah. fair. Um, prying that open, again, allowing um, the blood flow to get in there. And that's a lot of essentially, you know, we just, um, we're getting in there, separating the fibres, then we're generally trying to realign them in the way that they, they work, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so that's one of the things, you know, with tight muscles, what we're trying to help. Um, and you're going to reduce the soreness a little bit. You know, it's sore while we're doing it, but it will reduce the, the soreness further down the track. Um, when, the, when's, when's the best timing in terms of getting massage? Because um, <clears throat> it is pretty important to figure, figure it into your week. You know, most working athletes are going to be um, you know, generally having big weekends, uh, and then <clears throat> is it best to sort of have it before then, midweek? Is, it, is, there, is there any bad times when not to have a massage? Um, best time is 
it, it, generally I like to, to recommend to my clients that they have it um, at the end of a harder se- session. Like so, choose, Tuesday might be a better. Sorry, I'm just moving yeah. closer to the mic. I'm getting no, the hand gestures. Between three people. Um, <laughs> so, uh, like Tuesday is one of my popular days because people yeah. are trained through the weekend, um, and it also um, it gives them time to recover from the massage yeah. Um, yeah. before they start. Because at the end of the day, massage is like having a training session. Yeah. You know, we're manipulating the muscles. Um, you know, there's quite often post-treatment soreness. Um, so, you know, I recommend with, like, for maintenance side of it, depending on the, on the time of year, you know what I mean? If you do it on your easy week, yep. um, through your harder sessions, you probably want to have a lighter day the day after. I do mean... You, I just do find, like, like, when I've got massages over the years, and particularly when I was doing really hard training, I found I was ultra-sensitive. Is that something you come in a lot with Ironman? Yeah, I think you like know. I couldn't, you know, my massage therapist could never really go that deep on me. Yeah, to being a whinge at least. Because you're a pussy. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> but, but, but I actually think I'm quite hardcore, John. So <laughs> that's that's what amazed me about it all. Um, the, the, one of the things is, is like you know, Epic Camp's a perfect example. Yeah. You know, at the start of Epic Camp, you know, I can work reasonably firm on a lot of people, but as they um, as they ramp, ramp up the mileage and the, for want of a better description, the lunacy that is Epic Camp. Yeah. Um, by the end of it, you know what I mean. The the body is just trashed, and it's since so I'm just working at a, a way lighter level than on the first couple of days. You yeah. know what I mean. Um, yeah. So you know your body is a bit smashed from that mega mileage. You know what I mean. And that's relative to to normal athletes. You know when they you know you hear like six weeks out from Ironman when people are um, building up their, yep. their peak volume. You know they're going to be a bit trashed and. Uh, half the time, the therapist is just you know putting a bandaid on a bullet wound just and just flush things out and just yeah. softening them off because your body can't take it. And that's you know a good therapist will identify when you need the the light stuff and when you need to be you know when we need to do the deep deep stuff. You're, you're a broadcasting professional because you're going through my yeah, points yeah, quite yeah. nicely. <laughs> you um, let us on there. Obviously, you know if, if people don't have a massage therapists and they're in, or if they're in the Christchurch region, obviously they have one now. Um, but anybody anywhere else in the world, I mean. When you're looking for a therapist, um, obviously, what probably, are you looking for? Yeah. probably the first question you need to ask, are there any optional extras? And if the, <laughs> John. If, if the answer is yes, it's probably not the type of massage therapist you want to go to. Um, so, I mean, uh, if people... Do you get sick uh, of that joke? Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's what I'm <laughs> I have a, I have a standard line. I mean, we get it all the time. It's like, oh, do you do any extras? Yeah. And it's like, if you're really lucky, you might get a cup of tea. Yeah. Um, or... Um, is there any happy endings? And the standard answer is my clients are generally happy it's ended, oh. which is a subtle but significant Cause, difference. Because, you know, Raylene, I went out for Raylene, who was a therapist, and she hated that concept. She was <laughs> well over it. She was a therapist as well. But anyway, oh, yeah, so what are, what are we looking for in a therapist? Okay, so there's a couple of things to find a good massage therapist. Um, obviously, if you're in Christchurch, you should be coming to Muscles Inc. <laughs> um, the first thing to do is ask your friends. Okay, other athletes. Other athletes. So okay. ask your other, who, the, who they go to and what they think. Okay. Um, so that's one of the first steps. The second step is to look at their qualifications. Okay. Okay, um, most good massage therapists will have a qualifications to, to back up. You know, in New Zealand we have um, Massage New Zealand and the top standards RMT therapist, which is a remedial therapist. Because um, in New Zealand you don't have to be registered with it. Yeah, you, can yeah, just, uh, yeah. you can go and do a six-week course it's and call yourself a massage therapist. Yeah. Um, I know in Australia they need to be they're registered. Yeah. Um, and so and the remedial therapist term is a term that's used internationally. So so within wherever you are in the world, you really need to figure out what the standard is for your country to a, to a level that's good enough, really, don't you? Yeah. 
And, um, you know, by asking friends, it's usually the first step. I mean, that's how my business generates most of its clients is yeah. by people ask and it's word of mouth. Yeah. Um, so first up, ask your friends. Second, look at their qualifications. They should have them on display in their clinic. Yeah. Um, shop around is the other thing. Okay. So what are you um, thinking when you're shopping around? You're looking... <sighs> massage is quite a personal thing. Yeah. Um, so you need to be able to get on with a therapist. Yeah. You, know, you, you know, I'm the first to admit, I, I'm a certain way. You know, yeah. I'm 42 years old now. I'm highly likely to change. You're yeah. either going to get on with me or you're not. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, you need to be able to find a massage therapist that you gel with. You know, yeah. if you feel comfortable with them, then that's perfect. And that's possibly the massage therapist for you. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I mean, in Christchurch, there's there's lots of very, very good massage therapists. We're pretty hooked up. Yeah. And you could go to five different therapists and get five very, very good massages. Yeah. That'll be different as well. Yeah. Um, so, you know, don't be afraid to shop around, even yeah. a booking for a half hour. Yeah. Um, the other thing, you need to trust your gut. You need to feel comfortable with the person. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you feel uncomfortable at any stage, uh, whether it's with draping or with the amount of pressure yep. you should be able to say to the therapist that's too much or I don't feel comfortable Okay. Um, the draping issue is especially appropriate for female athletes Yeah. Um, even guys mm. I was in Bali last year maybe I won't tell the story tell. <laughs> maybe at the end of the show I'll tell the story um, you mentioned before as well about um, you know, post massage um, discomfort and that's um, it's pretty common, you know, and that's part of what, what you're trying to achieve. What are maybe a few tips you can give in terms of how to um, how to alleviate that as quickly as possible? I know you often say a couple of things every time I leave, um, so maybe just share a couple of things. Okay, there's a couple of things to, to help the recovery of the massage. Um, one of the things is hydration. Yeah. Okay, um, it, massage, is, as I said earlier, is like a training session. Um, so it's it's important that you get fluids in, you know what I mean? You wouldn't go for an hour in the pool and then not get out the pool and, and not drink something, yeah. you know what I mean? So definitely hydration. The other thing is is that if you're given stretches, do them, you know what I mean? Okay. So stretching. Um, you don't want to have a hammer session. That you know, you tend not I tend to advise people not to train that that evening. Okay. Um, <laughs> and again the next day you want to go light. I mean everybody reacts to it differently. I have some guys and girls the next day who are completely bombed. I have some people, some clients who the next day after a massage, their rock starts. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of figuring out how you adapt to a massage, isn't it? It's kind of like, you know, if you know that a massage kills you, that the next day's got to be hard, you've got to plan that well. Whereas yep. some people can handle it really well and, yep. you know, next day can smack it. So it's knowing and, yourself, isn't it? And that's knowing. So, and that's like going back to the therapist as well. The therapist should explain that. And that's when you're looking for a good therapist. Um, there's one thing I wanted to mention on that is that they need to understand your sport. Okay. Okay, so it's yeah, you know, that's true, isn't it? if you go in there and they've got incense and well music, it's generally a, a good sign that it's maybe not the place that you need to be. Yeah. Um, but you know, the therapist needs to understand that you're six weeks out from Ironman, you've been doing you know six hour rides, and then you've tried you know your hip flexors are super tight. Yeah. Then you've stood up and tried to run for an hour. Yeah. You know, and understanding what that's happening, what's happening to your body in that process, and what you need and what areas that need to be looked at. You know mm. what I mean? Mm. Um, so and that's the, when you're choosing. And I suppose, and I suppose, someone who's experienced like you are with triathletes is that you know the common problems that are going to come into a you know in the room when a triathlete walks in the room, aren't you? It's, it's, I imagine there's a certain amount of areas that are kind of common oh yeah like hip flexors are always a good one yeah um and you know i do a lot of work on hip flexors and that's the thing you know i'd probably be completely rubbish working on a rugby player yeah because um, it's not your field really. it's not my field yeah. you know and endurance athletes is what i specialize in um but the the uh, any good therapist will be able to pick up an athlete ask them what their sport is and go okay that's think about what they're doing yeah you know and when you send six hours on a bike and then try and run you know you're running like you're sitting in a bucket and, yeah you know so so that's um 
so that's one thing that you need to think about back to that um yep. so but you know the key thing um post race is uh post massage is um just getting fluids and stretching things like that okay yeah. and, and your therapist will tell you what to stretch yeah you know if you've got certain areas that need stretching you know what i mean but the, the key thing is try not to train either that night or the next day because you may just cause more because sometimes a massage therapist hates saying this but you know when we're doing some deep stuff we're essentially re-injuring the tissues to to realign it to make it better yeah um so if you if, you know if we've tweaked you a little bit in a rehab sense then and you go out and smash that you run the risk of you know step, setting yourself backwards a little bit yeah and finally just a little bit on pre and post race massage i mean what's your sort of opinion in terms of getting rub downs before the race um and obviously at some races there's a service available to get massage directly after do you think that's a good thing or are you better off sort of waiting for for the next day until you just um calm down a little bit the um post race um well let's talk pre-race first um I always argue it's better to be supple before the race than after the race. Yeah. So um, the key thing, and, and this is what you do work out, um, and the pro is that, you know, it is, if you're loose and limber, it can, you know, massage has, um, you know, reduces stress as well. So it has advantages like pre-race as well, like the week building up to the race. Okay, what about race morning? Oh, I'd say no. Okay. I'd just do your normal warm-up. People okay. get pre-race massage to warm up tissues. Yeah, if you've never done it, I wouldn't do it. You know, nothing new on race day. Yeah. Um, the key thing with the pre-race is that your body needs time to recover from massage. Okay. And it's one of the things that I do with a lot of my clients. Um, John, you're probably aware of this. You know, we talk about monitoring how long it takes you to recover from the massage. Yeah. So, you know, even in your normal maintenance massages, when you're coming fortnightly, weekly, monthly, whatever, um, you have to monitor how you feel the day after, two days after, three days after, so that you can find the balance that how many days before your A race that you need to have the massage so that you front up on race day feeling... Oh, that's a good effect. Slap that hand. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but, but again, it's about knowing your body again, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's about figuring out that time it takes for your body to readjust from the massage to the race day. Yeah, and that's you know that's something you work out as you go forward, as, and that's why you know you just don't want to rock up the, the two days before a, a race and never had a massage and jump on the table and have some guy murder you for an hour and then you know can be completely bombed and wonder why you have the most appalling race yeah. you know what I mean so so that's pre-race you know what I mean definitely be better to be supple you just got to balance out how soon okay. you know I mean like my Tuesdays before a race on a Saturday or Sunday are pretty solid yeah. Thursdays are a little bit less so because it's only people who know that they can do that yeah. you know what I mean um, so that's pre post-race yeah get on the table as soon as possible okay um, it's just softening so as soon as like you know like an Ironman you know you, you go through the finish line you, you meaning like then don't leave it till the next day or anything like that no yeah like probably not immediately you probably want to get some food on and, yeah. and just settle down but try and get on the table um, just them I mean you're going to be a bit sensitive and they're not going to work hard you know what I mean yeah. the thing about doing um, post-race massages you know they're just gently softly and um, you know they'll it's just flushing that stuff out, getting the blood flowing again, getting the blood flowing to the area, and it's it's sort of a non-invasive. Yeah, you know what I mean. The other thing is, you know, like at Wanaka, go stand in the lake, yeah, and, and get the um, anti-inflammatory. What about water. days after the race? You know, obviously straight after the race. What about the days? You know, next two or three days afterwards. Again, everybody's different. I mean, I'm a huge fan of the day after active recovery, go have a swim. Okay. You know, and you would benefit from having a massage. The key thing it comes down to is is money. Yeah, cost. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's one of the things is there's cost involved yeah. every time you go and see a massage therapist. So, yeah. you know, in an ideal world, yeah, if you could afford it, you know, you'd have a couple of days of massage as you, to, help recovery. to help your recovery for the first two to three days. 
and that leads into what I was thinking: Is there too? Can you have too much massage? And if so, what what's the borderline? That you know, let's say I've got unlimited money supply and I can have wait, as many massages as I want. What do you reckon is the right amount for an endurance athlete? It 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 depends on the time of year and the intensity of training. Okay. Okay, so for example, off-season, you know, most of my clients probably come monthly, six-weekly. Okay. Um, I have some clients who, in race season, come weekly. Yep. Um, I have had one client come twice a week. Yep. Um, and that was in build-up for Epic Camp. Yep. Um, and that's borderline pro at that level. Yep. Um, and it, that's a, you know, and that was an hour and a half, two times a week. Wow. Um, so that's probably a bit not OTT because he was that that particular client was right at the top end of yep. um, of training. You know, what I mean, for most people, you would vary it depending on the, the amount of training you're doing. So off season, not nearly as much, and sometimes you do need to get in and get the mass, let the massage therapist do some remedial work. Yep. Going forward, as the intensity of your and the volume of your training increases, it you know it's it's a good opportunity to come slightly more often. Okay. And but again, don't you know your, your therapist may need to be sending you to you know chiropractors and things like that. Yeah. Depend, you know, it, it it comes down to like Same sometimes way. you know massage therapist will be working away like for example on your spine. If one of your spinous processes is a little bit out of whack, it's like, dude, I think you need to go and see a chiropractor or somebody just to help what I'm doing. Yeah. you know what I mean. And like good therapists will never be afraid to um, to refer out. Yep. Um, to help the athlete because that's what it's all about when we're working you know we're looking at getting the best out of the athlete unless it's one of our competitors and then we'll get you to, yeah, to 10 massages them. a day or they're in my age <laughs> or they're in my age group <laughs> just lastly what about self massage you know like just for certain areas that you've got problems with no no John no be mature now okay <laughs> self massage um, self massage is very very good okay um, the key thing if you're doing doing self massage is that all the pressure strokes should be towards the heart okay so moving the blood towards moving the the blood towards the heart um you know like if you're working your calves all the pressure should be um towards your towards the heart okay if you can do self-massage and it's a and it's you know like obviously seeing a therapist is really great but let's just say you've got some sore calves and you're at home and you just want to rub them out yeah the other thing i'm a huge fan is is ice okay and is um is treating you know that's what we did with john's achilles to help those and, um, they're good now. Yeah. So um, you know, ice treatment where you um you ice it down and then you massage it. Oh, okay. And again, what happens is by by chilling it down with the ice, it it, it numbs it down, desensitizes it, reduces any inflammation. So you can get in there. Yeah. But then when you take the ice away, you get um a vasodilation, so all the little blood vessels and capillaries are like explode open and bring a mass. It's, you get shunting essentially, where it shunts all the blood nutrients oh. in. So it kind of speeds up that healing process a lot quicker. Yep. So really effective on like Achilles because it's really distal and the blood flow is really poor. What about, have you got a formula for that? So if I'm going to do self-massage on my calf, how long would I have ice on for? Generally what you do is until you can stretch your finger longer and it go, you can't feel your finger. Okay. So you know, so you're probably, to get numb. Yeah, I, I mean, I use um, like a polystyrene cup, fill it full of water, freeze yep. it. Because then you can peel the polystyrene off, you can hold the base of it so you don't freeze your fingers. Yeah. And you can actually massage it with the ice. Oh, okay. Um, and... You know, just till it goes numb, you don't want to be sitting there for 25, 30 minutes yeah. because you're massaging and moving around. Yeah. Um, and I would do it three times. So massage it with ice until it goes a little bit numb. Yeah. Warm it up with massage. Yeah. Ice it and so three times through. Okay, cool. Mm, that Great. tends to be quite effective. Great. Very good. If people want to, um, in Christchurch area or Canterbury area, or if you want to fly in for a massage, go to musclesinc.co.nz. Good. And, you got a number uh, we can call you on? Um, all the details are on the webpage. Well, look at this. 
What's with that photo, mate? I went on your website, I got that photo, you look like a gangster. <laughs> look at that, go on our website, www.iamtalk.me this week, and then you look at Gangster John. Um, <laughs> now, you look like military style, mate, don't mess with you. Um, that was Movember, um, which is a charity here which raises funds. You could have smiled. <laughs> you look like an angry man. Oh, I just look wrong, it's just, I just look so sad with a mo at the best of times. But, well, no, you look, you look angry, but not, sad's probably not the word, but anyway. And any, anybody uh, racing down Wanaka, you'll be able to see John racing down there in the full distance race as well so thanks for coming along John it's been great having you here mate thank you pleasure and answers and good old cool hand chance barber can you both be helpful with this one I've been having some back pain after riding and running I'm not sure if it's due to a lack of core strength what are the exercises without equipment because he travels can I do I like I'd like to do four to five exercises and know how many days a week reps and steps and so on I'm not going to be best help here because I'm not directly going to answer your question because well, I'm not going to give you four or five exercises because most often the reason I see people getting back pain after riding and running is poor hamstring um, flexibility. flexibility. Yeah. So uh, rather than doing any core stuff, obviously you should be doing core as part of your training. Um, and if you just do a, a search on the net, you'll be able to find a billion core exercises. I would strongly suggest you get into a really good routine of stretching your hamstrings for at least five minutes after every workout and then ideally doing a little bit of yoga because often yoga is a lot of down dog poses and it's fantastic for your hamstring strength. Um, I've been going through this myself, getting back into training, um, been getting lower back pain and it's really? absolutely just because my hamstrings are tight and when I start stretching them, it goes away, if I get slack again, it comes back. So that's what I'd suggest you do. And if you are going to do ab exercises, make sure you do ones that cover the lower back as well because mm-hmm. a lot of people just do like your crunches and stuff which are great but you've also got to strengthen your lower back and you've got to think of that whole core. So that's where things like the hover and your planks and that can be really good because it's more of the whole muscle contract and the whole area it's working. One other thing Chance, you sometimes send me emails and I reply and SBC Global don't like me and your e- my emails always get bounced so that's why. Is I it because you swear? No. Because, you know, some companies, if you put, like, a swear word in there, no. they won't let the email go through. I think I've been just blocked by them because Albert used to be with them as well, and I can never email them. They just bounce me. Okay, Let's good just, I might save these for next week. We're going to run out of time. Well, no, John, there's one oh, I no, do want to know. We've already put the interview on. No, that's okay. We can keep going. <laughs> you happy now? I thought, I thought we had another 20 minutes to add. Oh, no, because it's... Yeah, no, no, no. Okay, so okay. this one's from Brett Hamner, and I'm new to triathlon and I've listened to all your podcasts. Love his work. Can you please answer a question on recovery durations for a time? I've been caught the triathlon bug. I entered the Ironman 70.3 in the UK earlier this year and completed in 5 hours and 35 minutes. Not so bad. And that's not so bad. It's really brilliant. I have since entered Ironman 70.3 in Oceanside, New Orleans and St. Croix, as well as I've entered my first full Ironman in Lanzagrotti 2010, but I also want to enter well he's going to do a lot, enter 70.3 Orlando, which is one week before Lanzagrotti, do you think one week to recover for a half is enough for an amateur, if not how slowly, 80%, would I be able to take Orlando and not hurt my Lanzagrotti full Ironman, I'm training to complete Lanzagrotti in around 10 hours and 30 minutes it's an easy one don't, don't do, do it. it. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't do any of it. Don't do it at 80%. Don't do it at 70%. Don't, yeah, a taper don't is it. not a half Ironman. Yeah. yeah. No. What I generally suggest to people the, the weekend before Ironman is to probably do a, like an Olympic distance simulation session at around Ironman pace. But, and, half- but the key is Ironman pace, guys. Like when he says Ironman pace... You're not smacking it, eh? No. Because I think people think Ironman pace and they go out and they think, oh, I, I could probably go this pace. Yeah. Ironman pace comparison to an Olympic size is a slow race, man. Yeah, yeah. So you're basically doing a, you know, a, between, say, a two and a half to three hour workout on the Saturday before the race. And uh, if you're doing a half Ironman, um, you're going to be out there from, whatever, five to 
six and a half hours. So just don't do it. Okay, don't do it. Don't do it. You seriously don't. Because especially if, you know, oh, I mean, it's your key race. And it's, it's your first Ironman. And it's just not that important to do that race before the and race. And you're going to have travel in there if you've got to go from Orlando all the way to Lanzarote. Yeah, good point. Ned Phillips sent through next one. Hi, are you? I'm good. Just wanted to know <laughs> if I donated 100 bucks for the IM Talk. Oh, no, love, love. Did we give him a nickname? I think we have. I can't remember what it was, though. I'm almost positive we have. Okay, well... But I can't remember what it was. Okay. I should have done my piece. But we do know, but we do tell you guys, if you want us to say your nickname, you need to write your nickname in the email. Yeah, I think Because he, we're hopeless. I think he probably sent this through afterward, before okay. we give him a nickname. Now listen to your interview. Okay, what's, what, have we got a question for John? He's saying, um, yep, uh, okay, if it's all okay, I have a question for John as well. How do you pace an Ironman? I'm doing my first one in WA mm. this December. I always race the same way. I smack it from the gun. Nice. <laughs> I even do this in marathons, ultra running races and half marathons, and I seem to do okay, but most most of the time. Can I do that in Ironman? I have a big endurance base, but is it too foolish to think I can smack an Ironman and get away with it, and if so, how to pace the bike? Um, my suggestion to you, Ned, you know, everybody's a bit different in terms of what sort well, of pace they can Well, if smacked out an ultra marathon... Yeah, I mean, everybody's a bit different, you know. Yeah. We've got our formulas in terms of what heart rate you should be sitting to, and most people are going to be pretty close to those. So my suggestion to you would be go and do a half Ironman um, and do it uh, at, a, at a good pace. and Smack it. Smack it, providing you run well in the half um, Ironman. Have a look at your heart rate, what you're able to do going through that race, and your Ironman heart rate on the bike will probably be around about 10 to 15 beats below what your Ironman pace is, probably closer to 15 beats. Yep. Um, but if you go into a half Ironman and you smack the swim, smack the bike, as you, you say you race elsewhere and you blow up on the run, you should not try that in an Ironman. No. Second thing you probably go, would be useful to go do is get a lactate test done on the bike. That'll help you set some zones. Um, and, but really, in the race, I'd say you know just take it a little more conservatively, save it for the second half of the run, and then um, from halfway on the run, just then smack it, lay it all on the line so you don't left, aren't left wondering. I think the thing is, if you're going to go into a race with the attitude of smacking and hoping, you've got to realise the risk of failing is going to be a lot bigger. Hmm. You know, like if you go in with conservative, to, you know, to the half marathon point, and you know you're going to smack the second half of the half marathon, you've got it then. Well, that's you know, there's, there's always that risk you're going to blow. But if you're going to go, you know what, I'm going to smack it from the start. You know, probably seventy to eighty percent of the time you're gonna blow up. So yeah. if you're gonna do that, fair enough. But know that it could really hurt your race, especially if it's your first Ironman. I'd say better off to go with a slightly conservative approach. Yep. Then try something different afterwards if it all goes well. Nice. Uh, sponsors Athlinks.com. Now, what you want to do with Athlinks? Because I got an email, I think through Athlinks. Um, I'm just the clicking other, on the ad, making him some money. The other day. Um, I think it was through Tribeyes. They sent out an email through Athlinks and gave me the update uh-huh. on, on on a special. I just made them some more money. Good. I was keep clicking on ads while you. No, talk. you know what happens. We got banned from. No, because Google. it's not us. Well, no, no. Don't. You can do as much. Watch. I'll, I'll click the whole time. Just stop. Stop it. It's, no, no. You I'm, keep I'm talking. I'm getting talk. a headache. I'm getting a headache. <laughs> you talk. Um, what you want to do? Go into Athlinks and then join up. Stop it. It's pissing me off. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and, um, still one more time. <laughs> no, and join up to basically your, your favourite. I mean, you should join up to I Am Talk because we want to be at the top yep. of their list. Yep. Um, but if you've got any that? other um, suppliers or, or companies that you use regularly and they're on that expo, join up. Well, we're, slightly we're third. Up. We're third now, John. We're yeah. in front of Nike. Nice. Nice. Um, join up to the, the groups that you want to join up to. And then, you know, Tribuys, they send out some emails with specials on there. Um, and it's just a good way to, to keep updated by the companies that you love. Nice. And you can just see what's happening. Good old try-bys. So the main thing is, is you need to join up 
to IM Talk and then join up to Tribeyes and then join up to any other companies that you use that you want to hear from. Nice. And then they'll keep you in contact. It's good stuff. Okay, we've got Coffees of Hawaii, John. And it's a great part. Here we go. Uh, okay. Oh, no, we've got an email through from Andrew Mayhem Mayer, which mm-hmm. is a great nickname. I love that nickname. And he, he actually went and got some coffees of Coffees of Hawaii. And he says, but the great part is I finally got a chance to enjoy Coffees of Hawaii. Now, he'd been somewhere, hadn't he? Mm-hmm. He'd been in a race or something with, maybe. Yep. And I had ordered some for my family last winter, and they had all had only great things to say. So I thought I would be a great chance for all of us to enjoy a cup. I had ordered a five-ounce bag, which had prompt, five pound bag. Five pound bag, sorry, I should say, which promptly shipped. And during the stay, every bean was consumed with such pleasure. They'd obviously gone away on a trip. We've yeah. lost the first part of the email. Getting up early in the mornings for a ride, there was a body was t- where the body was tired and aching. Smelling the roast from the kitchen was bliss. Often, I wish our rides would end earlier so I could get back for another cup off the bike. Thanks, Coffee of Hawaii, and I am talk for the work you folks put together. Hope to hook up in Kona. Keep up the good work. Nice works. Coffee's of why. It is always Mayhem's basically saying. If you're organising a training camp, get yourself a nice big bag to work your way through the camp. That's what we do on Epic Camp. Every morning, get yourself a nice brew. What's no, I've, I've, got no I've, got an, I've got an idea. I've got an idea. idea. Well, we're have, you thought, have you thought this through yet? Yeah, no, I think Just we can make this work. Think, think, think. <laughs> Think before you speak. No, I'm thinking when we're in Kona, we'll have a day where we do a group ride with okay. the crew. So if you're yeah. going to be in Kona, we'll have a group ride day, yeah. and then we'll sort out with Albert. We go back and have coffee nice. after Sounds the good. ride. Sounds good. Yep, that was a good idea. Probably wasn't need it, John? to do it early in the week because most people probably. Yeah, no, it won't be a 90k ride. It'll be like a you know 20k spin or 30k. Well, we'll show you how the Kiwi boys ride. <laughs> we'll need some smackdown for the user racing, <laughs> and then we'll go back. We'll have some coffee and run a few three minute k's along yeah. along our leading <laughs> drive. Our tops off because <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll look fat in Kona. I know. Yeah, because that will be all Fair sharp and, and we'll, pasty white. And maybe we we'll have a few cakes with the maybe because you know what? I do do you make any good cakes? I make some good cakes. Because maybe we'll make a. I can do a banana cake. Okay. What can you make? I'll make some muffins. Okay, you make muffins. I might use the Holy Hammer's muffin recipe. Okay, you do the Holy Hammer's muffin. I'll do banana cake. We'll do a ride together. If you want to do the ride, you can come along. And we have mm. coffees of Hawaii at the end of it. Mm. Oh, I'm excited, John. Trybuys.com. Now, they've just picked up a new athlete that they're sponsoring, Marinda Carfrey. Oh, really and this is one out. of the specials that I got emailed through. And I think it was only going for one week, so it may have run out. Get on me. it. So I'm not probably not supposed to say the code, but Kona Corner, get on there. And you get a special discount. Really? Do you know how much? <laughs> you don't know, do you? I, I don't know. It was a good deal anyway. <laughs> we picked deal. up Marina Carfrey, so now Crowey's on board. I think we've got Chris Lee on board. We've got Bev and John on board. They've got Iron Talk on board. So there we go. You get the summer heat sale is still on. It's just deals are plenty. Yeah, like, honestly, we got an email from a guy in New Zealand, didn't we? Yeah, he's going to get it. He said he was looking at it. You know, with the discount you get on there, um, it was just a no-brainer to get it shipped to New Zealand. His only concern was, you know, is, is it safe to get things shipped over and there? And we've had people who have actually bought bikes from Europe hmm. through Tribuys, and I've said there've been no problems. They, you know, obviously Tribuys have got to get this right because it's their business, and and you know they know how to sort out the bike for you. What you're going to find, most countries, um, if something comes in New Zealand, you're going to get stung with GST, and if it's in England, you probably get stung with VAT. Um, so that's all you got to factor in. Is you probably get taxed when if you're going to get a bike. The shipping's free. Yeah, but shipping free so it still it, works John? out it's a no-brainer <laughs> it's a no-brainer trybuyers.com and because the shipping's free maybe check in a few extra things you know you've got a little bike toolkit here and yeah. just stuff like that as well so good time to get all those things at once so sponsors are athlinks.com get on there get on join your your, your company coffeesofwire.com you have cake and coffee with the boys that's right and trybuyers.com and get on there because you get a deal 
Honestly, yeah. I think proper people will probably actually now go to Kona just for the bike ride with the boys. They may, they may do. That's what we'll call it, bike ride with the boys. Okay. Yep. Get your website going. Couple other quick things we've got here. Oh, yeah, we'll do that now. Bike jerseys. We're, no, we're going to have a pause because you've got to try it on to give me a little bit of feedback. Okay, well, okay, no, we'll do it now. Give it here. So we've got, John's got an old sweaty jersey. This I'm getting naked in front of John right now. Honest. You like what you see, mate? Okay. I'm not that hairy, am I? No. You're, you're really hairy. Yeah. And I'm not that hairy. Okay, so I've got this top on. And John, what size is this meant to be? It is a small. Because it is small because my arms are too long. Yeah. Okay. Okay, and so what am I meant to zip it up? Yep. Okay, I'm zipping it up. So this will be. We're going to be looking at me, John. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing two jerseys. Okay, so that's a little bit small. You'd probably be a medium in that. Yeah, the arms are quite short. Yeah. Okay. But my arms are quite massive, I yeah. have to say. But it's still, it's not too tight. Well, the forearms are. Yeah, okay. But that's, really? a, okay. that's a small, though. That's a small. That, that, but then this is. There so you go. go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, stop looking at me, John. Okay, yep, what's next? This is a medium. This okay. Is, we're doing two jerseys. One's thick and one's thin. Yep. They're both long sleeve. One's a summer weight, one's a winter weight. They're both full zip. Now that's exciting, full zip. Oh, wait a second. So again, we're going to do two long sleeve jerseys. Yeah, one's going to be winter, one's going to be sort of a lightweight one oh, like that. Okay, so John. This is a pretty tight medium. That's a medium, so okay, so there we go. So if you like it really tight, like, because I'm, I'm, okay, so I'm about 80 kg and I'm six and 181 height wise. Yeah. Pretty balanced for my body weight. I'm thinking you probably want to go large. Yeah. Basically, the thing is with the um, with the lightweight. Um, Can I pull top this one? Yeah, light, we're doing a lightweight long sleeve. Just, just let me explain, Bevan. We don't want to confuse people. So we're going to do a lightweight uh, long sleeve jersey. The sizing with that tends to be just a little bit on the small side. So if you're ever in between sizes, go up a size. So lightweight, you go up a size. Yep. For the winter jersey, I'd say is more like you stick to your regular size. Okay, so if you're a medium with the winter, go medium. If you're yeah. medium with lightweight, go large. Well, if you're a big medium. Like well, you're, I'm you're, not a big medium. Yeah, you are. Well, you've put on a bit of weight, Kevin. Come on. <laughs> uh, so that's, that's, you, you pretty much go right. <clears throat> and the, and the, the lightweight one, you want to, if you're towards the top end of a size, go up a size. If you're going for the winter one, uh, you want to probably stay your regular size. Okay, but John, how are we going to order it? You're going to go into IM Talk. There's going to be a Word document on there you can download. Email that through. Then I'll send you an invoice via um, PayPal and it's done dusted. We're going to run this through to the end of September. Great. And then we'll put the order in. It takes about three weeks to, to get them made. And then we'll ship them out. So we'll be shipping them out uh, late October. So they'll be there in time for Christmas. We've had lots and lots of people ask us to do this over the years. So now's your chance. Mm. Are we going to do the normal? Not normal ones this time. It's just this. Just this. Okay. Yeah, I guess that's the other, one other thing. With the, the light long sleeve one. Hopefully we're not getting too yeah, confused there's here. there's a lot, of, a lot happening um, there, John. That's basically go with the same size that you would have with the short sleeve one if you've got a short sleeve one at home I'll put a couple of notes on the sizing chart so you can okay, yeah, clear. Yeah, make sure you make it really clear yeah. um, and both the designs are the same yeah okay so and there'll be a picture of the design on the website this week that's www.imtalk.me just a couple of quick things Kevin Burgess is uh, was it arthritis was it? no diabetes diabetes yes he's basically got diabetes he's got a little um, website he's put together and to really help educate people that diabetes isn't going to restrict you and actually doing triathlon can be a good thing for diabetes mm-hmm. so he's getting out there and really trying to fundraise for it and he's giving or selling his well, he's doing a fundraiser, isn't it, for his Cervelo. So what's happening oh, is... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, he's got a Cervelo bike, and he's basically selling $50 for a ticket. And there's so many tickets that he can sell, and the winner gets the bike. Nice. But all the money then goes to his fundraising for... Yeah. 
Diabetes. Diabetes. And so, and basically, he's got a website, and I'll put it um, on... Firstgiving.org slash Kevin Burgess. Yeah, but I think he's got a website that's there to educate people as well on. So I'll actually put that on our website this week as well, because if you know someone who's got diabetes, you know, they don't have to stop exercising, and, you know, you can actually Mm. encourage them to do it, but sure, they probably need some education around it. So I'll put a link to Kevin's website, and we can check that out and maybe share that with some friends. We did have another uh, email through from Ellen this morning, just with this... Um, a link to try two four seven with this guy who coming out of transition with his aero helmet. Yep, it was pretty funny, wasn't his it, John? His name is Jim Ryan. Jim Ryan, because what happened was he coming out looking all serious, looking all gangster. Yeah, out of the swim on the bike. Put it around the wrong way. Aero helmet. So he had, like, <laughs> he had like cone head, head going on. <laughs> that was very good. So we'll put a link on our website there this week as well, so you can check that out. And that's pretty much it, John. That's pretty much that's it. Pretty, we had to do a bit of a cut there. Yeah. But don't tell him what happened there because, <laughs> yeah, let's not do that. Okay, John, so it's been a couple of weeks and uh, I've missed How's you. How was your holiday in Australia, Bevan? No, no, I was asking you first. Okay. What's I've been happening in the last couple of weeks? A sensational week here. Summer <laughs> has arrived early. We're basically last week of August, so it's still end of winter. I think today must be officially the first day of yep, spring. spring now, yep. But last week, sensational week of weather. It was like bloody 20 degrees, 18, 19, 20 degrees. It was fantastic. Had my uh, second race in my duathlon series. Um, oh, how'd you go? Uh, so you've hired out a racing Yeah, and it was track. sensational. Got double the entry, so we had about 125, 130 wow, people entered. So is this a triathlon club thing or is it a John thing? It's a bit of both. <laughs> um, we split the profits between me, Dave Dwan, and the tri club. Nice. And uh, it was sensational. The great best thing was, though, we had... You're right there, John. You're right. You're gonna make it. <laughs> He's got his knees. Oh, we had we had a uh, kids section. Yep. And um, well, funny oh, you say that, John. Funny you say that because Brett Whiteley, good old Brett Whiteley, sent me through an email, John, and I didn't send it through to you this one because I thought, well, that's that's kind of interesting. And he called you the Pied Piper, John, and he said that he, he's, he's got a new nickname for you, John the Pied Piper Newsom with an E, yeah. without an E, I should say. And he's saying because he took some photos of the kids while you're giving the pre-race briefing, <laughs> and let's just say. They're not looking that fascinated, are they, John? No, they weren't. And he's put these little tags next to it. One's got whatever, and everyone's got, when's this guy going to stop talking? <laughs> this one well, I went through it, like, twice, a briefing. <laughs> if he doesn't shut up, I'm going to throw up. <laughs> and then, like, a couple of parents asked me to go through the briefing again. I was like, God. And then the first girl went the wrong way. Uh, but other than that, it was just great. We had, like, 25, 30 kids, and some of them were pretty small, like, um, sort of seven, seven and eight-year-olds yeah. running around, and they were, they were loving it. Good times? Yeah. The reason he's called me the Pied Piper is I had a megaphone. Yeah. And so basically I was hanging the megaphone around my chest and I was just walking around the race all day just yeah. doing random commentary. It was pretty good. I felt pretty powerful. Who took it out? Uh, guy Adam Milne. It was pretty strong. It was a good, nice. good strong field, actually. And it is, it is. The power of the mic's a good thing, isn't it? Mm. It's because my job, you've always got a microphone yeah. on, and you give shit. Someone gives you a bit of crap back. You say, didn't hear you. It's <laughs> <laughs> gold. So that was, uh, that was mostly my week. I didn't have a great week last week. I was... I was Lots on last Lots week. Lots on. You're a busy man. I didn't train enough. Apparently, you trained with a net. I did. I did double short base with a net. Oh, hardcore. That is hardcore. That I is hardcore. She, like she was finding hardcore the second time around. Really? Nice. <laughs> Love her work. Well, I went to Australia. So, Joe and I went to Australia. Went to Adelaide. Spent a week in Adelaide. How was that weather over there? Oh, it was probably not as good as here. <laughs> but it wasn't bad. We drove the Great Ocean Road, and when we drove the Great Ocean Road, the winds were crazy. So crazy that in Melbourne, they sent everyone home from work. Yeah. So like it was it was really crazy. In our hotel at night, it was just unbelievable. So I did that. Um, went to Dracula's. You been there? Dracula's, what's that? It's like a cabaret 
restaurant thing. That was, that was, I highly recommend that. It was lots of fun. Did lots of shopping. I've got this new fashion, John. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else? Did no exercise for two weeks. Oh, I taught two classes because I did a little bit of work, but that was quite nice. And that was pretty much it, John. Just a romantic mm-hmm. time with my partner. Nice. You got any holidays coming up? You got the new kid, but haven't you? Yeah, we don't. We don't do a lot. No. I'm off to Australia next week, though. <laughs> You've left the kids in family <laughs> See ya. And then they're going away. They're going down to Queenstown. Uh, I'm going to Australia in a couple of weeks. Oh. Mm, so there you go. Well, I think we're waffling. Yep. Um, bike jerseys. <laughs> I'll put some notes on the sizing up there. We could probably confuse yeah, th- you. Th- honestly, go to the website. There'll be a link. Here with all the information for you. Make sure you get me right now. Okay, right okay. now. Iron Rust. I'm in. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha. kaha.